So Formula One returns to Spain, but unfortunately for Charles Leclerc, it was nothing but pain. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. We had, we had to get a Spain and pain reference in there somewhere. Hey guys, welcome to episode 365 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And hey, it's that one on the calendar we've all been waiting for for Formula One. It's the Spanish Grand Prix. Great season. Yay. <laughs> Wait, this Grand Prix didn't suck. Yay. <laughs> We had an okay Spanish Grand Prix. You know what? We'll take that. I think I think I speak for everybody here when I say we will take a decent Spanish Grand Prix, right? Two in a right? row. Yeah. yeah, two. Yeah. I'd say I'd say two in a row. But like I know Spade gets a bad rap of being the ultimate clunker of F1 tracks on the calendar these days, but like it's not undeserved though. No, it's not. It really it's is. Not undeserved. It's Bike City, but still. And I still remember when it was rumored that uh, Miami was going to replace Spain, and everyone was like, "Good, <laughs> yeah. like, get rid of Catalonia, get rid of it." Yes, no, you have him both. Oh, <laughs> here we are. Spanish Grand Prix didn't suck. We've had back-to-back good Spanish Grand Prix, and how was it good? Well, for lack of a better word, chaos. Chaos ruled the day. Um. Like, running down the list of results in my head, the amount of the top six runners that had a reasonably clean day of running two? Two out of six. Uh, and one of them was swapped on a team orders call. Not controversial at all. Because there's F's nothing. in the chat. F's in the chat. And there is nothing that will rile up an audience more than use of team orders. But uh, we'll get into that in a minute as we go around the horn for a moment here. First up, Brian Eric King. Hello, sir. Hey, I've I've been numbed to the use of team orders since that fateful day at the Red Bull Ring in DTM. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh. I, I thought you were going to mention Schumacher and Barrick. Hello for a second, Ed. No, he, he hit us with the swerve. No. Push no, no, no. him out. <laughs> <laughs> Push him out. <laughs> the three most immortal <laughs> words in DTM history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just still can't believe, like... I understand why the words were in English, but I still can't believe that someone gave a team order like that in English in DTF. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> also with us, we've got RJ O'Connell. How was GT World Challenge, my man? Um, NOLA Motorsports Park looks like it's on its way back. If, if you don't know the story, they had an IndyCar race in 2015. It got washed out. Nobody showed up. There is a bunch of court cases that led to a three-year contract being cut after one. GT World Challenge America had the first major professional, semi-professional motor race at this track since 2015. Uh, uh, They did as good a job as they could, given the circumstances. We actually got in a full weekend of racing, and this was despite Saturday afternoon's GT4 America race being partially, like, washed out it was a good time i i I enjoyed it i'm I'm sad that i didn't get to experience much of new orleans the city like all the touristy not so touristy stuff other than that um i had a good time at the track as usual and you know there's no stopping that black k-pats lamborghini there's you, you we just cannot beat these guys 
<laughs> they're they're four for four on the season. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, the tables being run here. More on that over the course of this week. Uh, and finally, with us back again, Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Uh, I wish I could say I'm uh, happy to talk about racing, but uh, man, that NASCAR All Star race. Oh. <laughs> so so now that we've had an impromptu keeping it 101 session let's let's talk about that nascar all-star race because uh sure well we got the winner we deserved but the way the steps that we took to get here were farcical uh the general feedback that we got was that Texas motor speedway is not a good track for this all-star race um in, in the immortal words of the jeff gluck racing poll 89% of voters said this race was bad, <laughs> which is a new, not only is a record, it's a record by a landslide. The previous <laughs> record holder, the 2016 Brickyard 400, where 83% of people said it was bad. Was that the six, was that the six hours of Indianapolis? It was. Was that the one that won the sunset? It was, it was the one that I, I believe got called due to... Uh, <laughs> A lack of light out on track. <laughs> Look, let, let's just run it down uh, to quickly bullet point this this just atrocity. Mm. The complete lack of racing because Texas Motor Speedway has been bastardized beyond all recognition. It could overtake a little bit, but it wasn't like it's it, it you wasn't couldn't, a classic. You, could, you couldn't overtake unless you had a massive car advantage. Yeah. Um, the commentary was truly disgraceful. Fire Clint Boyer. It, uh, out of a cannon into the sun. And to top it all off, we not only had a desperate, blatant attempt to manufacture a close finish, because of the effect of that, we then allowed a driver to break the safety regulations because they realized that that was a less of a, P a PR disaster than said blatant attempt to manufacture a close finish. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going great in NASCAR, and uh, and on top of that, it, given light of recent events, uh, having Governor Greg Abbott wave the green flag for the event, uh, that that definitely does come across as that's certainly cringe. Uh, oh. This is so far from based that uh, we're no longer allowed to have a base. Yeah, this doesn't. This isn't even like wrapping around to being based. It's just awful. But yeah. you know what wasn't awful? The Spanish Grand Prix. Yeah, it was damn a, right. It, it was, wasn't awful. It was a it was a fun time. It was a chaotic time. We will talk all about that over the next forty five minutes or so. Um, we had the the return of what I like to call the twenty fifteen Circuit of the Americas tailwind is back <laughs> because uh, when Nico Rosberg did it, he got destroyed. But uh, we had two of them this time round that uh, had, a, had a not so nice effect on Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz races. Um, the blessed one, Lewis Hamilton, had to come from the back of the field after Kevin Magnussen went round the outside and uh, clipped his tyres. That was fun. Um, and uh, oh, and Charles Leclerc's power unit blew up. Uh, oh. Um, and, oh, uh, George Russell was leading a Grand Prix on merit for several laps. It was a... It was a it was a wild time for all involved, but in the end, Max Verstappen won his fourth win of the year, and uh, third in succession. Oh boy, uh, this third in a row, and all of a sudden, it looks like Red Bull might be back in control of this thing. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little about about the team orders call heard around the world because there is nothing that splits a rib like team orders. Because hey, 
You could maybe make a case that Sergio Perez could have won this race. Yes, no, maybe. We'll talk Probably about that in a bit. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Mercedes, who, hey, they don't porpoise anymore. That's a plus, right? <laughs> good, so, good, so they beat the field by two seconds a lap. Oh. Uh, not quite. We'll, we'll get into that as well. And, uh, yeah, we have to go through an entire field of quality drives to pick out who we really thought was driver of the day. All of that and over the next 45 minutes or so. But places you can find us real quick are on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101 or on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101 or on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. If you want to find my personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at CBuckley917. We're on Instagram at Motorsport 101 Pod for updates on all our content. And we've got a brand new Twitch page for all our live shows will now be on there as well, including our Day of Classics event, which you can see on replay uh, coming up real soon as well. Our Twitch page is twitch.tv forward slash motorsport101 underscore. Yeah, sorry, we had to put the underscore in there. Unfortunately, our username was already taken, just like our Twitter account was when we created it. Curse you, internet! But you can the check game was our... rigged from the start. What, yeah, you did can we, did we think on... to put the, the underscore in the middle between motorsport and 101? <laughs> We, we, we thought this was the best option, unfortunately. God damn it. <laughs> Curse the internet fiends. But all our live shows are on there, and you can get all of those information, all those details, and much more, including my written review of the race itself, which was a long one. It was a good 1,500 words this time around, because uh, there was a lot to talk about out of Spain. Um, if you want even more thoughts after, you, after you're done, hit up our website, motorsport101.com. It includes our Patreon info if you want to back us financially on there. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Right, gentlemen. Let's talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. Let's talk about it. Because uh, in the middle of the race, I was just posting my annual, look, we know this track is terrible, but it's in a destination city like Barcelona. They're, if they're they are prying that, event, that Spanish Grand Prix event from this place from their cold, dead hands. And then as it turns out, the race was actually not just fair, but trending towards good yeah 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 i'd say so i'd say so now to break down most of the chaos and how we got to this point here mistakes were pretty much the order of the day Repsol was taking no prisoners oh yeah, yeah. charles Leclerc ended up qualifying on pole he only got one run of it because he spun in his first running q3 so that was quite funny um but so he led through turn one early doors a tailwind blows through turn four. It puts Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen both in the gravel. And when Verstappen came back on track, he was uh, stuck behind one George Russell. Now, you think this would be quite a, a conventional way to pass the man, but um, unfortunately, his DRS wing was not working properly. And it had a rare case of the indecisive moments where it's like, mm, do I feel like opening today? Mm, nah. Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, so yeah, it, uh, his, his DRS was not working consistently. Yeah, and not even the the teams could figure it out because you you heard during the race they mm. like they were Chris Norto was talking to Max and they were like, okay, uh, we think it's being caused by you hitting the buttons when when the car is vibrating on the curve. Why do you hit it when you're off the curve? And he hit it when he was off the curve, and it still didn't open. Well, well, and miss it, and and what we did mention is that in qualifying, Verstappen was on provisional pole. And didn't mm. get a chance to defend that with a final run because his DRS didn't open. Yes, they changed the whole mechanism overnight, and it didn't affect the uh, it, it didn't fix the problem. 
Yeah. Good old Red Bull reliability. Only this time it was only a minor one and not a completely spectacular one. It's how Max ended up losing his quality run in Q3 as well. Um, and his second and final attempt did not happen as a result of that. So that wasn't ideal. Um, they, they switch Max to a three-stop strategy in the end. They keep Perez on the two to split. And the reason why this had happened was because in the distance, 13 seconds down the road, Charles Leclerc was leading brilliantly until he wasn't. Uh Power unit failure. Um, Turbo it, troubles. Turbo and MGUK, I believe it was, Cam. MGUH. MGUH, yes. Um, they stopped working, and they are now dead on Charles Leclerc's power unit, so that's going to be more components. Um, and which power the, unit was that, Dre? The, 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 the one he'd only just put in a week ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a week ago. A week ago, a week ago. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> Um, and yeah, so yeah, Charles are already going into third components already, and we're only six rounds into the season. Not ideal. Are we Remember all the whammy? jokes that everybody, everybody cracked about Red Bull reliability? Oh! And somehow, somehow the Honda engines just keep ticking. Yep, yeah, a, a U-turn visible from space, uh, I think is the phrase we're looking for. You can, you can even light one of those HRC engines on fire, it'll still work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, as a result of that, they were able to get around George Russell's car in the end. Perez was leading, and then the dreaded radio call happens. Uh, Sergio, do you mind getting out of the way, because Max is on a better strategy than you? Um, and I love that. I think this line ended up on a t-shirt later. Uh, Perez saying, okay, that's a bit unfair, but okay. And Perez does move out of the way to let Verstappen through. Verstappen goes on to win his third race win in a row, his fourth on the year, and your new world championship leader, Max Verstappen, who now has a six-point lead in the championship after that result. Um, gentlemen, are, are Red Bull back in control? Because it, because you know Red Bull just took both championship leads again after a feud swing and a perfect weekend, on 44 points on the weekend for Red Bull. Here we were, here we were, after Bahrain, after Australia, we see Charles Leclerc win these races, and we're thinking, this is an incredible turnaround. When is the other shoe going to drop? And to be fair, this is another, this is another error of weekend where Carlos Sainz Jr. had had an error that took him out of contention for podium, and you leave, just for some reason, he keeps leaving points in the gravel. Oh, every uh, it seems like every weekend now. He this is the same dude that outpointed Charles over the course of a season without necessarily being quicker. Mm. Yeah, yeah. His his bread and butter last year was that he wasn't quite as fast as Charles, but he would he was much more consistent. He was always bringing the car home. This year, he's either crashing or going through the gravel at at some point. What every weekend so far this year since Bahrain. He got the bag. You get that get that bag security. Dude, Carl, Charles Charles Leclerc Charles Leclerc was on pace to just probably win this lights the flag and mm. then loses a turbo. And now he is in the unenviable position of he and Ferrari need to win Monaco to stop the rot. Now, here's the well, thing. Well, and I mean, he's I'm the gonna... hometown kid there. I'm sure that he'll be able to. Oh, oh, that finishing <laughs> record. I'm going to mm. call my shot here on the podcast. And if it, if it goes sideways, uh, sue me. He's going to win Monaco this year. 
Okay. Like, RJ, you do realize I, I, I'm going to level get, with you. He's, he's going to get roasted if this doesn't work out next week. You do realize this, right? <laughs> uh, that's fine. I, I I would be I would be sure to just um. God, who who is my uh, who is who is in charge of customer relations for me uh, to to handle all all the replies? <laughs> um, my brother doesn't have to, Twitter. Uh, at- I think you can send those to at Ryan Eric King on Twitter. Oh my god! King didn't uh, ask no. for that. <laughs> no, no, well, I well, wouldn't put that on King. Not I, this I'll time. level with you. Mm. If he keeps it out of the wall and the car doesn't break, probably because the Ferrari is busted over a lap. Yes. They inadvertently built the 2013 Mercedes. Damn, that thing's fast. Oh, how's it on its? Oh, oh, it needs <laughs> tires. Yeah, I mean, but you don't have to worry about that at Monaco. Well, you do because if someone stays out and overcuts you, well, we we still have just like the the general tire wear is not as much of an issue as it is at Barcelona. Yeah, no, but we have seen it almost every year since 2017. Yeah, the overcut is the the, the overcut is strong here, very strong at Monaco. We saw that last year. The longer you can run, the better. Um, So. Look, Red Bull certainly didn't win this on pace alone, but I'll take a page out of Dre's book here, and he did mention in his article, you win Mm. your titles on your worst days. Red Bull were sloppy this weekend. So, of course, they left with every point on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Mm. Max's turn four mistake, you know, fair play to him. He held the car just enough that he didn't lose it nearly as bad as signs. He lost a lot less time doing so. He did, yeah. Yeah. They've got to get on top of the intermittent. Just just these little niggling things that keep biting them. A fitting, a hydraulic line, a DRS actuator. Um, mm. These things are going to make or break your season over the course of just fighting someone who generally, up to this race, has had better reliability than you. But I'm going to look mm. at it like this. Without that mistake at turn four... Max is probably in good position anyway because Red Bull had such a blatant tire wear advantage over Ferrari. We just didn't get to see that because he ended up with the mistake. Made the mistake, got stuck behind Perez. They move Perez, get stuck behind Russell, and then his DRS doesn't want to work. But look at it like this. hmm. Three races ago, he was 46 points behind Charles Leclerc. Now he is six points ahead of Charles Leclerc. That is nothing to scoff at. Yeah, it's an incredible turnaround. There is no doubt about that. It, I mean, it's effectively wiped Bahrain and Australia, both of those mechanical fairies. It's wiped them off the board. Um. Meanwhile, Carlos, what the hell? Oh, what the hell, dude? Because because not front only of his did he make fans. that mistake. Not only did he make that mistake, he then had just poor pace throughout. Um, He was legitimately overtaken by what is still a slower Mercedes at the end of the race because he just went out there and just torched his tires. And in the end, he only got past Valtteri Bottas, who, let me remind you, is in an Alfa Romeo. And was in the inferior two-stop strategy. Because of that two-stop strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was 
This was a uh, you, like Cam spot on. It was a sloppy weekend for Red Bull. They, their execution was not there, and Verstappen was not completely at the races. It doesn't matter. He found a way to win, and that's dude. That the that that middle stint, he was oh. taking three point two seconds a lap out of Russell on the fresh softs. Torched completely. That was it, he came out of the pits within five laps. He was there. He had closed the gap. Yeah. Completely bonkers. Um, and w- when he needs to call upon it, there is so much pa- just race pace in that car. And what mm. we'll get to a little bit later is that I don't think Red Bull won this by as much of a margin as they could have. They just had no threat in the final stint of the race. So why push? Yeah, it, it was. It, it it took a little bit of the air out of the sails out of it because it they they there was no one near there was nobody anywhere near them by the end of that race they didn't need to push it anywhere near as hard as they could for Stappen, that third stint on the used soft tire was stunning absolutely stunning it's what won in this race in, in my opinion that that's what I don't, think, I don't think a lot of people have spoken about that in their coverage over the course of this weekend that was an incredible run and that's what probably got him the win more than anything else um yeah, he caught up to, to Russell extent. and Mercedes didn't even bother. They just waved the white flag and brought Russell in. Yeah, it's like sod this. We know we know where this is going. Hitman doesn't need DRS for this one. Um, yet yeah, this this is a huge a huge swing. This weekend. Oh, oh could... and I did I didn't mention it. Also, mm. Scotty nominee Max oh. on those offs, overtaking around the outside of the third sector on Valtteri. Let Valtteri live, man. He can't live with this abuse. That's just pain right there. I mean, poor man. He didn't, man didn't ask for this. Um, yeah, look, it was this was about as bad a weekend as Ferrari could have had. Carlos Sainz doubling down on the reinforcement that he can't drive this car as well as, as, as Charles Leclerc can with another unforced error. Um, Charles Leclerc, the, who was probably going to win this race at a canter, car dies entirely. Then Red Bull take every point on the table, and then Ferrari lose a chunk of their power unit. This could not have got much worse if they tried. It was a horrendous weekend for Ferrari. We so, were waiting for this the was other with their shooter first, drop. Uh, and this mm. was with their first raft of upgrades as well, which oh, yeah. just seemed to have kind of maintained the status quo. The Ferrari's much quicker over one lap. The Red Bull's much mm. quicker uh, later in the stint in the race. The entire Nike factory just dropped in the face of everybody in Marinelle, Italy. <laughs> yeah. All the, it's, uh, it's, bla- it's raining Black Air Force Ones. <laughs> it, we, we've joked about Ferrari's bulletproof reliability in the past. It's probably what gifted Schumacher a couple of his world titles, but to see a Ferrari die like that is just not ideal. In dominant um, position. I mean, he, he was, he was probably gonna, he was probably going to grand slam this race without that happening. Yeah, that was a very strong possibility of that because he was going longer on his stints as well with tires compared to Perez, who was the who we fought for a while was the only man in the same postcode as as, as Leclerc over the course okay. of the race. They end up stuck behind a uh, mm. a Mercedes, who we'll talk about them a little bit later. Mm. You know, for all of the talk of improvements, Charles was dropping George like a bag of dirt in the first stint. Oh yeah, no no doubt about that. And as Kings alluded to over the course of this season as our F1 episode so far, reliability is going to play a huge hand in this championship. It already and has. It, it, it already has. We've had three major championship swings already based purely off reliability and cars conking out in races. And we're only six rounds in. 
So, you know, I, I was praising these cars for getting over the line in Bahrain, and now we're starting to see some of the errors creep in um, as they try to push and try to get a foothold in this championship race. And uh, we've now had three major swings. Speaking of swings, <laughs> final stint of the race. Sergio Perez is leading. Christian Horner asks him to pull over for Max Verstappen. And Carlos obliges, lets Verstappen through. Verstappen goes on to comfortably take the win. And, of course, this is going to start a good old-fashioned, one of the most uniform things Formula 1 on Twitter will ever ever do. Though if there's one thing they can all agree on, it's that T-Borders suck, right? Uh, so, of course, I, we had to get a T-Borders question in here. So, gentlemen, what did you make of the Switch? I'll tell you what I made of it. And that was, uh, as a preview to our Indianapolis 500 episode, Scott Ditson had one of the greatest qualifying uh, runs I've ever seen at the <laughs> yes. Speedway. Yes, yes. Uh, Objectively, one of the greatest qualifying runs in the history of motorsport. Um, um, I believe uh, I, I'm numb to it. Like it's early enough in the season. It was in a, in a point where Verstappen needed every single point that he could get to take the championship lead. That sucks for Sergio, but they said they will pay him back later in the season. Will they? And, and well, given the current, uh, given the current pace. They might have the chance to later. Yeah. Um, look, are we really going to forget that Mercedes did this at this race last year and every race in 2021 and Ferrari's done this for decades and Red Bull's been doing this for, for their whole like, championship honestly, run? Come on. You don't need to bring up past examples. It's just a matter. This of is No, it's just what teams do. It's it's just a matter of mathematics. You want to get the most points. Like you go, you, you don't go to the race. And be like, I, I'm gonna let my buddy uh, win here, even though he doesn't even drive for my team. You you, we show up to the races to win. This is winning. Yeah, right. You, you are you are not here. You are not paid to put on a good show. It's, it's like the same deal with air with aerodynamics. You're not here to make cars race well. You're here to make fast cars. And here's where it begins and ends for me. When Red Bull does this and the drivers don't comply, we get mad at the drivers. Right. <laughs> when Red hi. Bull does this, <laughs> hey, hi, Sebastian Vettel fan number one, numbers one and two here. Uh, hello. <laughs> when the Red Bull does this and the drivers comply, we get mad. <laughs> Oh like, my lord! Everything around Team Order's dialogue is is toxic. The most multi twenty one until the end of last year was the most overblown, ridiculous response to someone apparently doing the right thing and ignoring a team order, and he still got buried for it. You're, you're either like, a bad teammate or a t or a toxic team for the sport, like. The, look Look at what this did for the championship. Max is ahead of Charles. He otherwise would not be. That's a psychological blow. Especially yeah. when Ferrari were 46 points up three races ago. Yeah. For, Red Bull now has a stranglehold on the constructors. I mean, you give mm. Sergio those seven extra points and take them away from Max, and you do have the prospect of an interesting three-way fight, but I, I understand why Red Bull did what But it is Perez your best, as much, and I am a Sergio Perez fan. I am a car-carrying Sergio Perez fan. Absolutely. He's, he's a great driver. Is, no is he, he's, he was phenomenal. On side. He, he probably should, on all things equal, he probably wins that race. 
But right. things weren't equal. Max had a ton of pace over him anyway. I think what decided it is that Max was going to have to put a risky pass on him because of the DRS problem. Right. And we, we, we saw in the build-up towards Perez pulling over that Verstappen was on D, was within DRS range and his, his ring didn't open again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you need to keep in mind, um, if Max hurts his tires up behind Perez and Perez is trying to defend against him, as he would be entitled to do if they let him race, and then a safety car comes out and they get caught out. Russell's right, Russell and might end up right behind them on fresh tires. We know how these two teams like to play it with the pits and uh, pitting for safety cars. Yeah, right. Um, famously so. So they did the option of least resistance that left them least vulnerable to an outside threat, provided something outside their control happened. Yeah, and that's their job. They're here to it's win against the it's against the the purity and the spirit of racing. I get all that, but like this, damn, this... bro, it's almost like we had team orders in like every decade of form and every year of Formula yeah, One. Yeah, and in a championship where you make the money based off of the team's championship. Yeah. Look, as 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 a as a card carrying member of the Sebastian Vettel Internet Hive. I think most dialogue around team orders is largely bullshit. This is a sport. Like These guys do not race directly for your entertainment. Yes, I know that sports have to be entertaining to survive. I completely understand that concept. But at the same time, you are not obligated to have these two fight each other. Verstappen was way faster than Perez anyway, even before the, he got the call to move. He was going one and a half seconds a lap faster at the end of that race. Like, as far as I'm concerned, this is a complete nothing burger. And I think it's, it's more down to the fact that Red Bull are the pantomime villains of this sport now. And more they than... love it. And they, they're, 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 they're into it. Fucking, they love this shit. Yeah, but you know like, what we, they love even it, more than this? They love exactly. cramming a one-two with maximum points down Ferrari's throat. Oh, exactly, and it made total sense. I mean, we we, we know they love the shit housery. They were drinking green cans of of Red Bull on the sidelines. Yeah, on let's Friday talk. Afternoon. Let's talk about. Let's talk briefly about how maybe Aston maybe, Martin... maybe a little maybe in the final uh, the final section because we do have upgrades to discuss. Oh for yeah, other yeah. Teams. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, look, I unless you're a member of Sergio Perez's family. Who has every right to be a bit pissed about this? I completely understand that. Red Bull earned the right and earned the luxury of being able to swap their cars around. And there has been, as much as I love Checo, there has been no evidence to suggest that over the last 20, 28 or so races they've been together, that Perez deserves equal driver treatment. There just isn't. He's been smoked from pillar to post like for, for a year and a half. Perez has, has served his role in F1 to this point brilliantly. But he had to have known what he was signing up for when he joined this team. He had no leverage when he walked through the door in Milton Keynes. Like, it was either... Yeah, it was either this or leave the sport. Yeah, this was it. Like, And I'm glad and he got what... the opportunity. Damn. Yeah, and, yeah, and he exactly. and his career has taken a huge step forward. And and I think that given the pace of the RB18 and given seemingly the role that Red Bull is on, I think Red Bull will end up being able to pay him back later in the year. I hope they do. Because they I, Perez I probably that. did deserve hmm. this win. But at the same yeah. time, 
they've got a fight on their hands with a Ferrari that is every bit as good, and Charles, who is driving out of his skin right now. Mm-hmm. But you know who every, they don't have a fight with right now? Mm. No and matter that is, how much they'll try and tell you. And that <laughs> is uh, that is the uh, that is the AMG Mercedes AMG Formula One team. Uh, so the good news is uh, they brought in an upgrade. The car doesn't porpoise anymore. They got mm. their best finish since Bahrain. George Russell finished third and had a chance to win to the point that I was texting my girlfriend and saying, babe, wake up. George Russell might have a shot to win this race. And then, <laughs> then it happened. Uh, and, you know, Mark Hughes is saying that, you know, Hamilton could have challenged for second if he had a clean race and wasn't punted off by Kevin Magnuson. Uh, so was Spain a genuine improvement for Mercedes? Yes. Yes. Like, um, so the good points, the car isn't bouncing anymore. Um, it looked a lot more drivable. It looked a lot just less brutal for the two drivers to deal with. Um, and they were faster. Emphasis on faster. Um, what did this really get them? Well, Charles dropped Russell like a bag of dirt in the first stint. Um, Max was all over him like a rash, even with an intermittent DRS. And even if we look at Lewis's race pace and Lewis, his race basically got destroyed in a racing in, in, in an incident with uh, Magnuson on ter- on lap one. Pretty a, a pretty 50 50 incident for me. Maybe a little bit more for Magnuson. Um, you're still looking, even if you delete the laps that Max was behind Russell, and you delete Lewis's laps that were compromised due to a cooling system failure, which might have eaten his second power unit of the year. Mm. There's still the better part of there's still over three tenths in absolute raw race pace between him and the Red Bull. To say nothing of Charles, because Charles was winning that race at a canter. Um, and, and here's the problem with this. We were sold for Mercedes that as soon as they fixed the porpoising, they'd just run the field over. It would fix the vast majority of what was wrong with their car. It hasn't over, it hasn't overhauled them into uh, first. Not even close. They're still and, third. There's still a gap. And the thing is, is what they've had to do and the way they've cut their floors, they, they basically have the floor bleed. They have the floor vent when it hits the deck. So it doesn't create too much downforce and then trigger the porpoising. Mm. The problem with that is that what you've had to do there is you've left, you've left a good portion of your potential on the table to get the car to stop porpoising. What you're yeah. basically doing is that when it gets to the ground and it the, the car sucks itself to the track, you're venting air out of there. That's basically venting away performance. So they have gained what they're going to gain as far as fixing the porpoising. This is the big chunk that we thought that they were going to gain. And there is still a gap. Everything from this point forward is going to be incremental. Yeah. <sighs> they were still 0.6 off in qualifying, too. Like, yeah, um... they got clubbed in qualifying. And... and... Their race pace is good enough that I wouldn't say that's such a big deal. 
But at a few of these tracks, if you're qualifying that far off the pace, you are not threatening for the win. Exactly. There are a few, just still a few tracks on this calendar, like the next one at Monaco, where if you qualify badly, you've had it basically. Um, and, and, and part of that leaving potential on the floor, on on the cutting room floor as well, is that their car isn't what it was in low speed corners as well. Because at low speed, when the porpoising wasn't triggered, the, Mer- the Mercedes was unbelievable up to this point. It was the best mm. car in the field in the really low speed stuff. In sector three, they were getting their ass beat by Red Bull right. and Ferrari uh, through, the, all through low really the yeah, all it's all low speed off camber, quick direction change. They're not bad, but they they've had to take some of that performance away just to gain a little bit of net overall performance mm. and make the car stop being a bucking Bronco down the straights. Yeah. This, I know you mentioned that like abandoning zero pods may not is not going to be the fits all the people think they is, but the fact that they're already considering it as a well, we're try well, we're we got to try something else. That doesn't that doesn't seem like they're very confident in this concept that was supposed well, to happen. Because now all you've years. heard out of Mercedes is that oh, we had the race pace to challenge for the win if Lewis didn't get no, you didn't. You didn't have that pace because. There is a lot of things still going in your favor. And if you just look at raw time, not factoring any nuance into it, there's still a tenth off of Verstappen, which is a big improvement. It ain't ahead. When you put it in actual context, they're still over well over a quarter of a second a lap off. It's in these circumstances that I really appreciate the job that George Russell is doing. Oh, yeah. And I'd seen enough in 2019 20, but to hammer the point out, yeah, he's as good as he, his team, his agents, his supporters have made him out to be. And, you know, it's it's kind of perfect that Mercedes have fallen like this because he can go out there and have these strong performances. He can go out there and finish ahead of Lewis Hamilton. And nobody, at least nobody with any sense, would try to drum up any weird conspiracy theories about the internal politics within the team unless they were just really oh, bored and bought, wanted to stir shit for no reason. Oh, wait, yeah. they're absolutely doing that. Um. Yeah, I mean, Russell was Russell was fantastic on Sunday. He Mm. gave Verstappen a series of bloody noses (laughs) in that dust up between the two of them. Which, let's be real with ourselves, he probably doesn't hold Max off for very long if Max's DRS is actually working. But one of the times it did work, those two fought all the way through the first sector, and there was no quarter desired or given between either of them. It was great racing. It was, and it's a lower pressure environment. He's got top five finishes in every race so far this year. Mm-hmm. I've he's he's been really great. That's that's been a genuine bright spot. Yeah, it's I I, I want to see a bit more before I really get into this um, about whether how much Mercedes has improved because, like I said, this was a race where almost everybody around them that they're directly competing against had flawed days. You know, Verstappen's car wasn't working optimally. Perez was generally not that fast. And Sainz, well, was spinning out of a gravel trap like eight laps in. So Perez caught up to Russell, put DRS on him, and drove right around him and off into the distance. Yeah, like, and because of the cooling issues at the end, it's, it's okay. that's a reliability problem. That's an unforced error. Russell was oh, yeah, still two. Yeah, two, two of them. We had, yeah. we had Russell, um, he was managing temperatures in clean air, which is not ideal. Nope. Um, and that's with all the cooling go. Mercedes has two big sets of cooling openings on their car. Both of them were open. They weren't leaving anything on the table as far as cooling. 
Temperatures locked in for years. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and Lewis's car um, didn't so much suffer from that up until right near the end, where a uh, small water leak became a big water leak, and he had to give up what was going to be P four from a pit stop down. Right, which was a, a stupendous drive um, mm. b- due to uh, severe cooling issues, which may have killed that brand new power unit as well putting him on his last power unit for the year going into Monaco. We're going to have to wait and see. They are dyno testing it at Bricksworth as we speak. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, promising signs for Mercedes, but if it's the case, the real fight will begin now. And that's making up that maybe three, four, 10 gap, which I think Cam's saying is about right from what I was watching uh, to, to, to the big yeah, two. About 0.38%, which yeah. is, it doesn't sound like a lot, in F1 terms, that's still a pretty sizable gap when we know that Red Bull and Ferrari still have pace to unlock in their cars, too. Everything I mean, you don't have point, to tell me that that's a lot when you consider that Rollins made a whole ad talking about the performance gains of four hours of polishing a car. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something where I think from, now, from this point forward, I think everything you're going to see from the top three is going to be a little bit more incremental. We're not going to see the... The big lap time swings between them. Yep, we'll see. Yep. So just before we get out of here as well, um, because this is one of those red ones. Like we are going to play Formula One social media ramming for the day, um, because this was a genuinely intriguing debate here. Because uh, when we were watching this race live, uh, live uh, together as us as a family, uh, Lewis Hamilton won Driver of the Day in the end. Completely understandable. He had twenty two percent of the vote. Yeah, um, Sterling drive. from effectively from the back of the field to finish in fifth. Um, probably should have been fourth if it wasn't for that engine cooling issue we mentioned a minute ago. But I think there was a fair few other contenders you could throw in the house here. So who was your driver of the day, gentlemen in the chat? Hey, um, I would like to keep up the tradition of this historically pro Valtteri Botas podcast to point out that he scored his fifth top eight finish of the season, and he's got Alfa Romeo fifth in the constructors, Basically by himself. Zhou Guan Yu's having a tough rookie season. He just had back-to-back DNFs. Shit happens. But hey, this is the Valtteri mm. Botas that I knew and loved from the Williams days. This is the Valtteri Botas when he was, we were sold when they needed somebody to replace Nico Rosberg. Yeah, he he's, was, been, uh, he's been doing stellar, been and that solid. was a good race. He was, was a contender for a podium for a bit. Yeah, yeah um, he had, I, I think, honestly, Alpha kind of botched their strategy, although you're asking an Alfa Romeo to fight a Mercedes and a Ferrari on pure pace, even though it's not the Mercedes that we're used to, but he had a great performance. I think you could make a case for almost everyone in the top 10 not named Carlos Sainz Jr. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally fine with Lewis winning it. Lewis put in a, a just a, a, a classic Lewis drive. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, but I, if we were to go a different direction, I'd actually say Alonzo from last to mm. solid points in the Alpine, solid, solid, solid drive in front of the home fans. L plan is still alive. It's alive yeah, and it's, well. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of power unit issues, first power unit penalty of the year for Alpine. And we're, uh, how many rounds in? Six, six. Uh, some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> 16 rounds to go, fellas. Uh, best of luck with that one. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with Cam. It's not very ill my, plan of you. Yeah, uh, my, my my plan was oh. Alonso on that one. Uh, look, oh, I'm not even sure one. if... 
That's it. I'm, I'm not get, even sure if he should have been in the mm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not even sure if he should have been in the car, but Lando Norris, eighth place, while driving with a bout of tonsillitis. Um, oh. In 35 oh. degree heat. That man was sick yeah. as a dog the whole weekend. He he didn't even reply on the radio after the race. He is like pre- yeah, his, he skipped he all like, the press media. a button. He press skipped a button pretty if much you're every, me you're okay. He skipped mm. every like media availability that he possibly could because he was feeling like such shit. Um can we also use this opportunity to give a shout out to uh Green Red Bull? Can we can we just talk about <laughs> how yeah. how um, copying as a side note. Ooh. I can't I can't believe that dastardly uh Lance Stroll's billionaire daddy copying somebody else's car wholesale and oh they still haven't fits the front end and it still sucks. Well shit. Yeah, because the thing is uh, it, it, it broke cover and hmm is that is that, that watermelon Red Bull? Uh, it would have been for, even, first it foremost, been even better just, if it was still sponsored by BWT or still had the pink line. It really would be Watermelon Red Bull. First and foremost, it, it just feels really like it, it comes across like I, I know Red Bull is understand is understandably upset that like conventional date that like confidential data leaked out from them to Aston Martin and a whole employee turnover sequence. But I do think it was kind of silly to just assume like, damn, if somebody else is trying somebody else's proven good idea, then they must be copying. Well, here's the it thing. It can be both. I can totally believe that they had that car in the wind tunnel last year because the, the Red Bull isn't so unique. There is a couple cars up and down the grid that do have pretty heavy similarities, like Alfa Romeo, their upgrade in Imola. Basically, the side pods are like a Red Bull now. Mm-hmm. But it's to the point on the ass, like what, like the famous uh, the, the tracing point from 2020. They definitely um, started detail copying it once the Red Bull actually broke cover because there's there's too many similarities for it to not be at least a copy on that level. And what is it getting them? Um, it's getting them a significantly worse performance than the last two races. Last uh, was it in Miami? They were fighting for Q three, and here they were both bounced in Q one. Vettel put in a classic Sebastian Vettel drive, and the best that could get him was eleventh. And the car is, uh, well, a bus. Here's a problem. Uh, the front half of the car is still designed for the AMR22A. The back half of the car is a pseudo RB18. They're going to have to do some major changes to the front of the car. Because you've got one half of a car and another half of a car not really designed to work with one another. they got money. They've got mm. the money. I, I'm sure we're going to see that over the next couple races. But... Man, they were poor this way. To say nothing of uh, Pierre Gasly just straight up killing Stroll mid-race. Yeah, pretty much. What, what pretty I was going to put my honorable mention in for uh, Driver of the Day as well, Yuki Tsunoda actively just went out there and just dusted Pierre Gasly across the weekend. Mm. Good for him, man, honestly. It's like, about he's, time. Uh, he's, he's slowly putting it together, Yuki. Good for him, man, honestly. He's 11, no, he's 11 to sit up in points. And I know points aren't always everything for midfield teams, but but that's got to be like a huge sign of confidence. This definitely when I, I I think you'll agree with me on this one, Dre. I don't think the Alpha Tauri is what it was last year. No, no, and it's coinciding with Pierre in a sloppy bit of form. You know, hey, if Hamilton does retire, you know, if, if I don't know if Mercedes are gonna are gonna look at Pierre as their first option. He's not putting himself in the shop window very well right now, is he? No, no, he's not. Unless, uh, they're, I, unless they're banking on all that goodwill from the last two years. Oh. Mm. 
Indeed. Right. Let's get out of here. Formula One is back this weekend. It's a doubleheader. And we're taken to the streets of Monaco to uh, be the, I'd to say, the very thin meat in a uh, classic sandwich, shall we say. Because we're all really here for MotoGP and Mugello, right? 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 Right. Excuse me. That's a weird. That's a weird way to pronounce Super GT at Suzuka before all How of this. You? Why not both? Why not both? Why not? Why not a ton of racing over the course? Why of not the weekend? Nurburgring twenty four hours? Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. That too. We got a whole bunch of stuff. But for more specifically, like I said back at Monaco this weekend. Maybe the first Mercedes win. Who knows? Nah. Probably Charles. Unless Charles bins it again thinking, or something I'm happens. thinking Charles. I think it's going to be Max v. Charles again. Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, here's my here's my not based at all in reality prediction. Charles gets pole, leads away from the front. Max overcuts him after like 60 laps of procession. <laughs> Someone's going to pit, right? I didn't right? have the courage. I didn't have the courage to commit fully to the Pred sweeping the Blackhawks out of that one playoff series a few years ago. But I have the courage to commit to say that Charles Leclerc is going to win the Monaco Grand Prix. And if Damn. I'm wrong, well, I, I will follow my sword and make it look is it very, Charles very cool. Uh, it, it's a, it's it better be if he's got this car at this track. It better be. Yeah, With the season on the line. Yeah, of all the years, it should be. It should be this one. Okay. Tell about Scott Dixon and the Indy 500. <laughs> hey, on that note, let's get out of here. I've, so, basically, you can find us one more time. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Twitter at Motorsport underscore. 101, a person that handles at Harrison11HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuckBeat917. Check out our new Twitch page for our classics replay as well. That'll be up on twitch.tv forward slash motorsport101. Don't forget the underscore at the end. And our website where all of our details are available, motorsport101.com. And if you want even more on Catalonia, you can read my review of everything of that race. Some interesting stuff about upgrades, team orders, and Lando Norris, and whether he should race or not with, with, with Tonsa Light. And so that, I, thought, I thought that was an interesting chat as well. So check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we'll be back uh, for, oh God, it's going to be a whole heap of content. So Formula 1 again will be next up at Monaco as we run down the classics next weekend. It's going to be a fun time indeed. Uh, MotoGP at Magella as well. And of course, the 106th running of the Indy 500. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley. And until next time, Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. So can we say that Mercedes has fixed the car? A little bit. Just, just a little, a smidge. <laughs>